Hello, this is the BrianMadden.com podcast, number 143. This is a special edition podcast, as we're sponsored by the Chrome Enterprise Group. And today, my guests here are Richard Ashe. He's the Global Technology Partner Lead for Chrome Enterprise. And we also have Tony Hildebrand. He's the Senior Manager of Partner Services at Citrix. Uh, Richard, hello. Hello. Good morning. And Tony, good to have you here today. Good morning. Glad to be here. We are here today to talk about, uh, we were just confirming the correct name uh, with the marketing people. This is the Citrix Chrome Transformation Assessment Program. That's right. Now, th this is this is exciting to me because this is a concept that I think in the both the Chrome circles and the Chromebook circles and in the desktop virtualization world, this is, idea has been around for a while. I think very early on we could see, oh, we have uh, Chrome OS devices that are really good with, with all of our web apps. But as the desktop vert folks have been saying for years, uh, we have we can combine that uh, with uh, remote Windows apps for the for those use cases where you do, do need uh, to do that. And so that's like the perfect combination. And it's exciting to see like, okay, now it's time to see the, the rubber meeting the road. So yeah. th th this program is basically, it's to help make that happen. Is that correct? That, that's exactly right. So the, the problem we're trying to solve here is that we have customers that, to your point, they see the value in Chrome OS. Often they have been longtime Citrix customers, either for a portion of the users or in some cases their entire staff are all on Citrix. And they need to figure out what are the apps that I really need to move to Citrix in order to adopt Chrome OS at scale. And that's exactly what the transformation assessment does. It identifies the critical apps that need to move to Citrix. And then also the apps that you could probably decommission so that you, it's just like when you move house, so that you don't necessarily take everything with you. You get to purge some things that are no longer of use while just focusing on things that matter most. And then getting a specific number, like these are the exact 25 apps that will get me 75% of my users to Chrome. Okay, so the, the, the question though is, as I mentioned, we have been talking about this concept of of Chrome plus a virtual desktop like Citrix um, for for quite a while now. I mean, I mean, obviously the um, Citrix has been around for for twenty five years, and Chrome OS devices have been around for um, it seems like about a decade or so. Right, right. The the, the first question that we were talking about is right. that th this concept seems like an obvious one. Has this been done so far before prior to this program? What's the state of of doing this? Yeah, and so. Just sort of winding the clocks back to when we launched. We've been out in the market now officially since sort of 2011 is when you first saw the first Chromebooks. We had the CR48, which was the, the beta version. Uh, interestingly, we the Citrix launched the what was called Citrix Receiver uh, on Chrome OS in August 2011, just a few months after we launched Chromebooks. So Citrix was easily the first enterprise app on a Chromebook. Which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Because if you look at what was happening then, there were some guesses about where this was going to take off. So the obvious one was, well, we can see consumers who use the web all day. We could see maybe education, but lots of guesses in the, in the community. Citrix saw this way ahead of the curve. They said, no, we actually need to target Chrome OS because we think this is filling a sweet spot between traditional thin clients and laptops. 
it's right in this in between in this new category. And so since then, we've seen rap- rapid growth with Citrix. So where are the obvious ones where, where you're seeing the most sort of adoption, like healthcare, finance, retail? And if you look at those industries and you think about what's their similarity with education, because of course it took off in education. We're now the number one device in education. The similarities are you have IT staff that have a huge number of users, often spread out across numerous different locations. They, their, their staff to IT staff to user ratio is something like one to 200 in some cases versus the industry standard, like something like one to 75. And so they got to do much more with fewer resources. And they also highly regulated, right? So it's worry about um, security and, and, and data protection for everything from HIPAA to PII and PHI. So what do you do when you're trying to lock down the user experience while providing a flexible device that can allow you to move the cloud over time? And Chrome OS with Citrix just really makes sense. And so that's where we're starting to see that really take off. Citrix in particular and the community around Citrix, every, everything we look at, it's always been like, could this be the ultimate thin client? And, and that's, that's a conversation that happens all the time. And Chrome OS, as we'll, as we'll talk today, has these all sorts of unique advantages as you go over to having more and more uh, cloud and SaaS apps and stuff. You mentioned uh, education took off very early. And then you mentioned healthcare. When did that curve up begin to happen? Yeah. So uh, education really broke out, I would say. like So I actually uh, transferred to from overseas to the Google team in 2014. And I sort of joined and like started my victory lap because that was just already hitting the curve. We're already seeing this great adoption in, in education. Um, and then around 2015, uh, we started to see um, enterprise take off. And it was around 2015, 2016, where we started to see these healthcare customers being the first ones that really broke out, as well as financial services, as well as retail. So um, I can't necessarily share all the names, but because they are not official references, which is a pity because they, they'll tell us how much they love working with Citrix on Chrome. But you're thinking back in the day, oh, yeah. I can remember when this year when we signed on this big customer yeah. and this year when we signed on this big customer. and Exactly. And so in where they started was... I would su- suggest sort of in the periphery. So my remote workers, my uh, my frontline workers, and then moving in towards the information workers at the center of their business. Obviously, you mentioned a few a, a few use cases that have been that have been taking off already today. But we have this new Citrix transformation assessment program. What is it, and what is this program doing? What are the deliverables? The assessment really kind of takes a look at the, as Richard said, the. Um, a customer's desire to start their journey to the cloud, and it takes a look at the applications that they're currently currently using. And um, customers are typically interested in the assessment when they're ready to begin or accelerate that journey. Uh, moving to the cloud uh, offers the typical benefits that we all know: security, flexibility, reducing costs and increasing ROI, uh, reducing IT backload mitigating risks, all of those benefits of moving to the to the cloud. And Richard, I really think that the demand for the Chromebook and, and the value um, really has kind of taken off due to uh, companies wanting to make that migration to the cloud for those benefits. Is this a 
you know, it, it, it's funding uh, a bunch of uh, consultants to come in and take a look at everything. Are there analysis tools? Is this um, holding the customer's hand through the learning and discovery process? Yeah. So through the assessment, we help our customers understand um, that journey that I was talking about, which uh, begins by understanding where they're starting from. Um, our experts will analyze data on applica application usage to identify readiness and opportunities for enhanced performance with the Chromebook endpoints. We will assess ready, uh, readiness for Google uh, endpoint adoption, identify consolidation opportunities, and provide a cost-saving analysis. Really do kind of three key things. We provide recommendations of uh, business units that are ready for the Chromebook endpoints and identify applications which will require uh, image consolidation. And then we will uh, collaborate on solutions to further enable success through the customer's digital transformation journey. And, and so is this something along the lines of like, hey, we're going to drop an agent down on, on, on everyone's machine or we're going to plug into whatever you're using for monitoring today. And we say, hey, in this group, uh, like these, this group of users, they're 90% in all of these web apps anyway. And this specific Windows app gets uh, launched so often by these particular users okay so like we need to have that one in the in the image that's going to be delivered but everything else for these users is going to be is going to be fine on on chrome os is it is it something like that uh essentially um and that's the that's the beauty of the citrix desktop is we're able to take whether it's a uh um, it's a, a web app enabled on gcp on google cloud platform or it's a SaaS opportunity, or it's something that they still want to keep in their in their data center on prem, and we can make them all appear on the desktop at the same time and, and look the same and, and function the same and be accessed the same by the by the user. Right, right. One 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 question to to back up actually a, a little bit for this program. Um, when a lot of folks when they think of Chrome OS, they think Chromebooks, they think um, G Suite centric customers. So I guess the the Big question today is: um, Is it uh, that? And and this is this is a question a lot of people out there might have. Like they might think, are Chromebooks even for me if I'm not a G Suite customer? That's a great question. This is open to anyone, so you don't need to use G Suite. In many cases, you find, especially in healthcare, you find 100% of the apps, even the browser, goes through Citrix. So you, some industries, it's just a 100% Citrix experience. In that case, they're they're basically they're almost pure thin clients. The the devices in, in, in many ways. So what? So it doesn't require G Suite. However, the pattern that we're seeing is that normally they're looking at we want to at some sort of transformation. They're they're saying we need to move to the cloud. This is going to take us time. We need to start with from on prem to something uh, like a hybrid deployment then often to a multi-cloud deployment is what we actually see. And G Suite and Chrome adoption will be there somewhere in the beginning of that journey typically. So they might lead with Chrome and then they think about G Suite next. That's just a natural progression. But the obvious one is, especially for a large enterprise customer, because 99% of the Fortune 500 use Citrix already. Citrix is going to be a critical part of that because they are always going to have those Windows apps. Maybe it's packaged apps that they bought uh, from a vendor. It's a lot of custom apps that they've built over time that are still critical to their business. And they need to bring those with them as they journey to the cloud. And we can do that on Chrome OS with Citrix. Mm -hmm. um, I guess to, to ask the more the more pointed question, like if, if a customer, they've bought into, say, one of your competitors' uh, 
identity and you know cloud uh, um, productivity platforms, but they're interested in uh, obviously all of the, the the management benefits of and, and we, we can talk about how Chrome OS and Chrome device management um, is. And I'm 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 saying that because like I'm I'm sold on on Chrome OS and Chromebooks already. So like like I'm kind of taking that for granted in the realm of this conversation today. Um, but if they want to mix those Chrome devices um, with, say, they're already bought into another uh, cloud productivity platform, is this program and is you know the, the the Chrome Enterprise Group in general targeting those types of customers as well? Absolutely, and that that's why Citrix is so important to us because we need to meet customers where they are. And a lot of customers are using, we won't mention the name of the company, but they're using some productivity apps that have been popular for many years. And so we, we expect them to, uh, in many cases, to continue to do that. So they can use any productivity software. They can use um, whether it's SaaS-based, whether it's on-prem, and Citrix Workspace on Chrome allows them to do that. Mm-hmm. Let's dig into a little bit of the details of Chrome OS, uh, Chrome device, Chromebook management today, because that's that's another thing where um, if, if if someone hasn't gone down the road of really learning about it, they hear okay, there's uh, there's Chromebooks, there's Chrome OS, there are Chrome boxes, there's the Chrome Enterprise Management Council, there there's managing Chrome browser on other devices in multiple ways. There's something about okay, I have to um, you know have G Suite or Google accounts. There, there's there's so many moving parts in there. So, what, what, what's the what's the best way that you can break this down for for someone that might not be familiar? Sure. So we're all familiar with Chrome. It's it's a browser, and from from Chrome um, came Chrome OS, which is the operating system uh, that runs on Chrome devices. And Chrome devices could be a you know a laptop form factor, a convertible that converts into a tablet. It could be a Chrome box, which is uh, uh, which uh, would sit on your desktop, you know, that you would attach your own monitor to your own mouse. Richard is holding his hands in like the size of a like a small, a small thin client. Yeah, yeah. I'm not used to the podcast format. So, yeah. So it's a box. Uh, like imagine my hands make, making a small box shape. <laughs> you can vase them on it onto the back of your monitor, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so so there's a variety of different form factors. We're now also seeing Chrome tablets. So those are all the the different form factors of the hardware. And I guess I should also mention something that we covered in the last few months is a couple of the hardware partners. Uh, There's Chromebook Enterprise. That's for like the hardware that it has all of the stuff that you'd expect in an enterprise laptop that like your admin can easily swap out components. It has like the commercial uh, grade stuff that you'd expect out of your other other laptop devices, except it's a, a Chrome OS device. Yeah, it's everything you expect from a traditional laptop running on Chrome OS. And uh, in the case of Dell, which was the partner that launched, they're actually even using their Latitude brand and their Latitude form factors. That's something that's pretty new in the in the marketplace um, because in in the past somebody might have thought like. Uh, Going Chrome means maybe going to a different hardware provider that um, so that would make like another uh, thing that they have to deal with in the transition. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly what we were thinking too. Customers were telling us that we love Chrome OS. We want uh, more flexibility, more choice. And that's exactly what, what's delivered with the Chromebook Enterprise. And what's bundled with it and one of the key, other key differences is that it comes with the management capability and it comes with the support attached to it. As opposed to me as a consumer going to Best Buy and buying a device, this has been has everything bundled into one device plus uh, license and services. Right, right. And so the, the management capability, um, obviously, a, a lot of companies Chrome browser on the desktop while they're managing the feed, you know, maybe they're, they're managing that with, uh, with group policy if it's Chrome on Windows. And, and so that's something that they're, that they're very comfortable with. But of course, Chrome device management, you're using uh, Google Cloud, Chrome Enterprise services, uh, either directly or as uh, essentially as middleware that can be plugged into um, uh, Citrix uh, endpoint management. That's right. So thanks. We have this it's a good opportunity because like this does get a little bit confusing for people. Um, if you want, you can still use GPO if you want to push out policies. Uh, if you want to use our admin console, you can manage both your Chrome devices. You can also you, uh, manage Chrome browser and their policies on Chrome browser as well with the Chrome browser cloud management tool. Um, but what that means is that I'm and one of the reasons people move to Chrome is because we've made it really easy to push out apps and policies for users across their fleet, all with a few clicks. You don't need to be, you know, an engineer with like two months worth of training on Chrome to do that. You could literally learn that with little or no training. Now, the next step forward, and one thing we worked on with Citrix is that Customers said, that's great. We have this easy-to-use admin panel that can manage Chrome devices, but that's still another admin panel. So can I integrate this with my existing Citrix endpoint management tool? And that's what we've done by opening up our APIs. Right. You, you, you've you opened up the, the APIs so that the customer doesn't have to open up the the Chrome Enterprise Management Council. Right. Their API, APIs are open to a couple UEM partners, including, including Citrix. Exactly. And so that's, again, another example of just giving customers choice, uh, allowing them to manage their, uh, the, their devices, whether it's Chrome or any other device, all from one console. People might also hear like we're creating identities for those users in G Suite or something like that to have the the user's identity associated on the device, or those those have to be federated over somehow. Um, what's involved there? Right. So we also again going back to choice, they can use their own identity pro providers, so they could sync this up with Active Directory Directory if we want to. Uh, we also now are working with not only the various uh, sort of cross-industry SSO providers like Okta and Ping. We're also getting deep into industry-specific specific identity providers like Improvada. So we're, we just announced that at HIMSS this year, which is the big healthcare conference, and we are now in the trusted tester phase. We're working with our beta customers in that space. And so what that really means is that this is just a part of our general strategy that we're seeing with, with Chrome in, in the enterprise is that we recognize that there is existing infrastructure that's in place that is working perfectly well. We not, need to make sure we work really well with all that infrastructure, whether it's the identity provider, the peripherals, the endpoint management tools, whatever that is. And so yeah. we've done a lot of effort to become much more deeply integrated in the enterprise. And so that Chrome Enterprise uh, system 
can act as a service provider uh, federated from whatever your identity provider of choice is. And so when the users are opening up the Chromebooks, they're, whatever you're doing for identity, it's, it's exactly the same. They put in the same credentials that they use with all of their other apps to actually log into the Chromebook that itself. Exactly. And it, it comes down to something really simple. When you talk to an IT person who gets really excited about Chrome, they said, oh, by the way, there can be absolutely no difference for the user at all. Everything should just be upside. It should not. There, it should be absolutely seamless. I don't even want to see a single pi- pixel out of place. And that's one of the reasons they love Citrix so much is because they have the consistency of experience. So it's really got to look and feel the same. So whether it's identity provider, whether it's the UX, they really have to feel that they they're they're home with their with their existing system. And then after that, it's all the other advantages of Chrome, like the long battery life and it being auto refresh, where they start to really see the overall benefits for the user and for IT. With with that identity and integration questions, so bringing, we, we mentioned that, uh, so it's the Citrix endpoint management. Uh, I've been very good in, at not saying Zen Mobile today. <laughs> it's great. Uh, <laughs> nice job. And, but now you've said it out loud, so it's going to come up all the time <laughs> yeah. now. It's yeah. now it's stuck in my head, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so there's the Citrix endpoint management integration that that's, you're going to be pushing out your policies, who knows, it's uh, screen lock, timeout, and, and, and things, basic device stuff. Um, so another thing that Citrix has been doing in the last couple of years um, is really been getting into the identity space itself, both integrating with, uh, with, with partners, and also I, I know there are a couple of options with Citrix Cloud that you can use. Um, Citrix Cloud as your, as your identity provider um, so I know this, this is a question that wasn't in the list, but could, could you use um, Citrix Cloud as your IDP to federate over to the Chrome Management Council? What you're seeing with Citrix Cloud um, and the adoption of Google Cloud with it, you're seeing Citrix Cloud, you can think of, A, it's the umbrella brand, right? But it's also the admin panel that you would use to uh, deploy rapidly deploy your Citrix services on Google Cloud. They could use their um, whether it's Google Identity or any SSO, and then what you're going to experience as an end user with Citrix Workspace on Chrome is that you'll SSO with whatever identity provider you have in place, and that'll SSO not only into your virtual apps and your virtual desktops, but to arbitrary SaaS apps as well, all within Citrix Workspace. So it's really changed the way users are interacting with it. It's like the next evolution really of a, uh, of Citrix receiver. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, so, so let's, 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 let's talk about it because they're the, the integration and the end user experience. Um, when, when you have a Chrome OS device and when you have, um, and when you, when you have Citrix workspace, like there, there are a couple of different things that you could do. You could, uh, use a, uh, Chrome policy and just say, okay, um, the Citrix Workspace web app version is like the default new tab um, homepage and, and just go from there and have users click on that and do um, IDP initiated logins. Um, or you could, if they're, they're in their Chrome device, they could just browse their apps and do service provider initiated logins. And and so there there are a lot of different ways that could experience could flow. And then you have, well, they're, they're already... They're already authenticating when they unlock the Chromebook. Like, does um, so? So, I guess my my first specific question is like, okay, so I'm logging into the Chromebook. Yep. From there, 
am I authenticating again into Citrix Workspace app or if I go directly to uh, a, a SaaS app that we have Federation set up, am I authenticating again or is that uh, single sign-on flowing all the way through from the point when the user first authenticates when they open up the device? Yeah, it, it can flow all the way through. It really depends on the customer's requirements, what they need to achieve. So um, specific example, uh, going back to the healthcare example, which is just a really good one. Um, what they expect and think of the think of the the doctors and nurses in a in a hospital environment. They would log in on average. If they didn't have a better way to do it, they'd log in about fifty times a day. So they'd be typing their password while trying trying to talk to a patient. So what we did with in the healthcare space is we integrated with Improvada. What that ex, that experience needs to be, uh, it's basically a badge tap that logs into your Chrome device, then the Citrix workspace right into your EHR app. So you can't expect the user to badge tap and log in again and then log in again. This is not going to work. Now, some companies, based on their own policies and their own processes, do actually want to get users to log into specific apps. They really need to make it flexible so they can SSO straight into all their applications or put in the restrictions that the customer requires. So we can adapt to both configurations, basically. So let's let's talk the use cases. So we're, we're, we're talking... We're we're talking healthcare and and things like that. Um, I guess a, a lot of the a lot of the us in the industry, we wonder like when when other use cases can be unlocked. And so I'll I'll, I'll use I'll use myself as an example. I was I was talking before the show. I've been um, a, a long time uh, Chrome device and and G Suite user. Um, I wrote an entire book. In Google Docs, uh, you know, many tens of thousands of words long, and uh, I remember, oh, what was it, like 2013 or so, when offline editing became a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's probably roughly right. Yeah. So I, because before it was like, okay, I'm going on the plane and copy and paste and put it into uh, another app on my device, and yeah, it was it was it was not a great user experience before offline. I, I agree. And uh, in that, yeah, that, that was uh, G Suite. I've actually been at Google during this, basically the entire sort of advent of, in development of G Suite. So I'm, I'm exactly with you on like both. I'm a huge fan, but also remember the old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the excitement when a new, when a new, um, when something that big, like offline mm-hmm. in a in a browser comes out, or or yeah. or some new HTML5 standard becomes a thing, and right. suddenly look at all these new use cases. Yeah, and you and you hit refresh, and all of a sudden you got this brilliant new feature, and just popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the the holy grails maybe is the. You know, we're we're talking use cases that are um, like in a healthcare situation. It's you know exactly what apps. Each of those users is 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 going to need, but I'm thinking my uh, road warrior uh, salespeople, my executives. Um, to me, like the the holy grail is kind of enabling this for just about any use case, and and I, I think I think there are a lot of use cases. There are a lot more use cases that could be done today because I, I think I look and I see my my co-workers out here in the office and like everything we have is is just about a, a, a web app so like this could be this could be us today and and from a, a theoretical standpoint like th- this this could work for for anybody mm-hmm. is is that realistic and real today yeah absolutely so and and really 
it if it weren't for our partnership with Citrix, I, I would say it would be you know we might be uh, we might just see this maybe in Silicon Valley or with startups or just in education. Because when you look at the technology adoption curve, really the people that are in the, the bulk or the second half of that curve, they are going to be ones that have a lot of dependencies on legacy Windows apps or um, productivity tools that only run on Windows. So that's why our partnership is, is really critical for our users, because that does allow the reality of being able to really have everything on a Chrome OS. And to your earlier point, that could be they're going straight to Citrix Workspace and everything, their SaaS and their virtual apps are there. Or it may be they go to Citrix Workspace for certain things. They go directly to Chrome browser for, other, for their SaaS uh, applications like Salesforce or Workday. It really depends on whatever the user wants to do in their, their environment. So absolutely, that's a reality. We're, that's why we're starting to see this across industry. I think you're seeing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. The um Keep in mind, it, it really only takes one application to uh, to make the use case, and the uh, the assessment that we're you know that we're here to talk about today really does help customers to unlock that. Um, so, of our top three verticals, financial, retail, and healthcare, um, all are very compliance driven. So, security is, is very important. Uh, for instance, in healthcare, if you're and we've used healthcare quite a bit today, if you are virtualizing your healthcare records, then HIPAA compliance is cru- uh, critical, and compliance for that one app makes this whole project worth it. It might be less important around the number of apps uh, than the importance of the data protection of a particular, you know, uh, mission critical um, app that you're going to use. Um, it also depends greatly on the the organization, the vertical, etc. Um, some customers let users do what they want. It's more of a Wild West type uh, type environment. Others are more totalitarian in nature, and uh, they have a central governance board that approves everything. And th- those orgs are easier to virtualize for obvious reasons. But um, we see more orgs that are more organizations that are closer to the Wild West model, really. And, uh, um, you know, so you see we, we really do experience a lot of large um, – I want to say cumbersome organizations with a lot of apps that they have uh, they have acquired over years, and uh, and the assessment really does go in and takes a look at each one of those apps and identifies whether it is crit- uh, critical to the the organization's operation any longer. And kind of going back to your house, I, I love your your house analogy. When you go to move your house, you don't take all the crap that you've accumulated over the last several years. You go through and you clean out your closets, you clean out a bunch of drawers, you clean out your garage, you throw a bunch of stuff away, um, and and you only move what you really need. Similar analogy here. When you make the migration to the to the cloud, um, you don't want to take all the apps with you. So we help you identify which ones you really do need and which ones you want to take with you. And for the record, I pr- I'm pretty sure I stole that analogy from you or one of your colleagues at Citrix. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so so. Um, so, so, so here's the question. Uh, th- this analysis must be must be pretty hard because it, it, it's like when you move and you realize like, oh, where is this thing that I'm looking for? It's oh, I threw it away six months ago in the move, and now I have to figure it out. And and the um, like, how 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 do these organizations make sure that they don't leave anything behind? I mean, you know, when. Uh, some user in some department says like, oh, yeah, we only use this app uh, like once a year to like close out the books for the entire or like we only use this during during tax season or something. 
and uh, it's this like tiny app that it's a stereotypical like the person who wrote it is retired and and it would cost way too much money to to recreate um like what what happens when it's like oops there's this other app that we have to deal with as well so um when we uh, i mean that is part of the assessment when we do the assessment one of our people comes out on site and uh um, it really works a lot better if the customer identifies somebody that can work with us. So the first step in the process is to sit down with the customer, understand their business, and have them walk us through you know, how they operate um, their business. And um, our consultant then takes the time to go through, um, well, the consultant takes the time to go through and understand what their business is and which apps they really do need. But then the second step is to gather a lot of data around the usage of the app. So we do a, a pretty extensive uh, data gathering exercise. And will they use that? Does, uh, does Citrix have, have tools specifically for that? Or is it uh, you go in and look and see what monitoring solutions the, they might already have on their endpoint? Yeah, so we've been uh, implementing Lakeside SysTrack to do that up to this point. Um, and there are other tools that uh, you know that we use to tell you if the opportunity, if there are opportunities to consolidate or eliminate applications. But the the initial data gathering is done through the Lakeside tool. Okay, yeah, and 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 that's one that um, you know anybody listening to this podcast will be familiar with them. We've we've had them on the show before. So, so so how about uh, looking a little bit more on the desktop virtualization side? Okay, one one side of making Chromebooks more viable for more enterprises is that they're getting their SaaS app uh, house in order. They have more SaaS apps. They have their single sign-on um, figured out. But then on the on the desktop virtualization side for their other apps, of course, we're also going through this uh, through this similar transformation where uh, with with DAS and and cloud-based desktops, where suddenly there's I mean, it's all the classic cloud benefits of um, infinite scaling and and on demand and 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 all that. So that certainly also, uh, I'm sure, is a big enabler of this program. That doing desktop virtualization, especially in the cloud, is just so much easier than it was before. Yeah, it is, and and that's the nice thing about this. It's uh, it's a process. The the Citrix desktop. Um, it gives the customer the ability to migrate their their apps, uh, or you know, take their apps from being an, an on-prem to a to a web-based application as they need to. Um, they don't have to do it all at once or on on any particular time frame. We can use the Chromebook, um, you know, put the put the desktop on the Chromebook, and we put in all of the applications, whether it's the ones that have already been web enabled, whether it's the on-prem ones or it's, you know, SaaS applications that we want to, uh, uh, we want to put on there. So, um, uh, they can keep, uh, keep some virtualized and move the ones over to right. the web as they, as they need to. Well, and, and so the, the customers that you're targeting with this program, are these existing Citrix customers that, uh, that have been Zen app and Zen desktop? Um, I guess I should say, uh, Citrix virtual apps and desktops or, or, uh, CVAD. Are you talking to customers 
or targeting customers that have already done this and they're experienced with this? Um, or are they brand new? And the, the follow-up to that question, like, if they're brand new, then you can do a greenfield. I mean, they'll still have to learn a lot about how desktop virtualization works, but you can start them greenfield um, in in Citrix Cloud, uh, everything, everything deployed in the cloud. But if, if they're existing Citrix customers, then they're also thinking... Are are they are they migrating or considering some changes with their Citrix deployment, along with this project? So, w- which approach are you typically seeing or targeting with this program? It's kind of tough to find a customer who a large customer who's not in some ways at <laughs> yeah, least some yeah. has some Citrix deployment. So, what are the stats, Tony? It's uh, I know you're in. 99% of the Fortune 500, which like your total install base, it's something on the order of like 100 million users, I think. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so it's you, Citrix is, is is sort of sort of ubiquitous in many ways. But to that point, like what we're seeing, Tony, is so far it's it's been a mix. You know, some 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 customers are really heavy users of Citrix. Some do have that small deployment, but they're looking to expand. It's kind of a mixed bag, right? And so, so can be a greenfield customer who, who's really just getting into Citrix for the first time. So we do have a few examples of that. Um, just be, because Citrix is so widely adopted, it does tend to be someone who has a, at least a little bit of a Citrix deployment. It might be they have they they have uh, a few hundred or a few thousand uh, users on 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 Zen app or something, and suddenly as as they're moving more endpoints from Windows to Chrome OS devices, then it's okay. We're really going to have to be expanding our Citrix deployment and looking, do we, do we upgrade and go to Citrix cloud? And, and um, so they're, they're, they're looking at all of those questions as well. Yeah, exactly. And so what we're seeing the, and I'd love to get your point of view on this, Tony, that, I mean, when they're looking at, if they were just looking at a Citrix optimization, they might go down one path. If they're just looking at Chrome OS, maybe they have their sort of fixed ideas of what Chrome OS can do. When we work together with a customer, that is where we really start to talk about transformation, right? Where they say, this is actually just one step in a journey, and it's all about how do we get the most out of both of these product portfolios on in the cloud, Citrix Cloud and Google Cloud, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and again, going back to you know the assessment, um, that's where that's where we help work. We, we've got, you know, uh, highly trained and qualified Google engineers. And uh, um, that's where we go in and we help the customer, you know, understand, um, you know, how they want to do that. Do they want to expand their uh, virtual apps and desktops just to handle some of their on-prem stuff? Do they, you know, how many of them do they want to uh, to web enable? And, you know, the, the strategic partnership between a Google and a Citrix uh, really helps a customer do that. So we're bringing the the, the technical capabilities of both companies together, um, and uh, and providing them with an ecosystem um, to really be able to understand um, what their journey needs to look like, uh, what steps they need to take to to get there, and uh, and how they get there. Mm-hmm. And we provide them with recommendations on you know on the next steps and the whole the whole end to end process. Right. Right. Sort of the 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 final part that that customers are going to ha- uh, maybe thinking about for the first time is that if if they have users that are that are used to uh, accessing applications through through a VPN, 
uh, and the like. Guess what? The biggest trend of 2019 and going forward is going to continue to be the huge, the biggest trend of uh, zero trust, conditional access, beyond corp, uh, identity centric uh, perimeter, whatever, whatever you want to call it. That's also a big part of this. And and so if if customers haven't rethought their approach to that so they're they're going to have to this is another thing that's going to be on their on their plate in this conversation right and that's that's going back to the the idea of meeting customers where they are because maybe they're not you know all all in on you know zero trust yet but this is part of their roadmap they can see this maybe next year or the couple years out and google and Citrix can meet them wherever they are using their existing identity man- management solution and then sort of evolving over time and, and the thing I really enjoy about working with Citrix, my, my job, is, is where the, there's sort of a culture between the companies around integrity and accountability. So I, no matter where the customer is, I can be super confident that no matter what question they ask me, if it doesn't work on Citrix on Chrome today and, or Citrix uh, in Google Cloud today, I can talk directly to the product management team and that will get prioritized and We'll get a win. So we just just the other day we um, we uh, we just won it with a customer where it was just one critical feature was the last thing, and it was just one email to the PM team and one call with the customer. Guess it, what? Your feature got bumped up to the next release. Exactly, and it's it's sort of magical. And that's must it, have been a big customer. Um, that's the thing; it wasn't that big. And so that it we can we I've seen us do that for a thousand users, you know, or five hundred users. It's it's more around just. Citrix wants is committed to making this a great experience. Whatever that we, whatever product they're tying into Google, they're going to make sure that that works great together. So to the to the earlier point about you can envision sort of the like the the perfect prototypical way this could be with okay the customer has they have their uh, house in order for SaaS apps. They've they're on board with zero trust. They've um, you know they've gone Citrix cloud. Uh, but but this this program it, it, it's 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 pres- it's not prescriptive. You can pick and choose which aspects of the experience. If I wanted to do on-prem Citrix, and you know maybe I'm maybe I'm federating, um, you know just from my old on-prem identity management system, and some of my apps are still on the VPN. But I'm just thinking like uh, Chromebooks in that case. Like you could pick and choose and just use just do that part of it. Exactly, and what the, the one of the reasons we work with Citrix Consulting on this is that customers have said to us, "We do not want to be trailblazers. Uh, we do not see ourselves as the company that's going to be at the bleeding edge. Just help us make more informed decisions." Did, I think that's pretty consistently the pattern that we're seeing, right, Tony? From our customers? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we're not we're not just talking uh, customers here in Silicon Valley. Yeah, not not at all, not at all. Actually, it's a well. Of course, you do have some big customers out here in Silicon Valley. A lot of these are, like we said, they're banks. They're you know traditional like big box retailers. They are uh, they're you know. Uh, healthcare providers, they're a wide variety, they're manufacturing organizations. So they're, they tend to be more traditional industries uh, when they have, to your point, the, the a mix of sort of legacy and a mix of cloud. And they just really need someone to help guide them along the way and make much better decisions so they don't feel like that they're sort of in this sort of bleeding edge again. And, and Citrix just has that relationship with them and that brings that 
cre- credibility in that expertise, right? Well, yeah, the, the relationship between Citrix and Google together helps de-risk that project for the customer because they've got both, you know, both parties engaged. Um, they can hold both of our feet to the fire, yeah. right? And um, you know, and they're they're taking the advantage of that of that ecosystem to uh, you know uh, to to provide them with a path on exactly how to do it. What are the next steps? What do they need to do to prepare for it? And uh, what do they need to do to ensure their the outcomes that they desire? Right, right. So, so last part. Let's let's talk about how this program experience works for customer for the customers. Is it um, somebody from Citrix Consulting is coming out? Is it a is it a um, a partner reseller that's coming out. Who's who's showing up to uh, look at everything? Yeah, it's a it's a, a Citrix resource, um, and it's it's through the Citrix Consulting Services that that provide this, and it is a consulting engagement. It's a three week engagement. Um, the first week, uh, first step is a week at the customer site, learning about the business that I mentioned about, um, performing the assessment. Um, uh, includes, you know, gathering the data using Lakeside, like we talked about. And typically that's going to be a three or a four week data gathering process. So we go out, we spend a week, we do the initial um, consultation with the customer to understand their business. Um, and then we let the, the data gather for, uh, for about three or four weeks. Um, once we have the data, our consultants prepare an analysis of the app usage for the des- designated business unit um, around the Chromebook endpoints. And we provide uh, recommendations around image consolidation for the associated applications. Using the information, um, they can uh, they can work with their Google Google representative to better understand the cost savings of moving to the Citrix Cloud and and to the uh, the Chromebook endpoints. So, um, we really do give them um, all of the uh, all of the imp- information they need to make a, a risk assessment about making the move and uh, and the associated steps that they need to. To get from here to there, and what what teams are you typically working in within the customers? Is it are are you headed to the people that manage the existing Citrix deployment, or the desktop team, or the people that are handling the the web and SaaS apps? I mean, because we know that in in some organizations, those three groups might not even be talking together, and getting them all in the same room together to. To, to do something like this could be a, a big ask in and of itself. So what do you do to, uh, to bring that together? Yeah. So, um, so all of the above, I mean, we really do need to, to engage all of those folks, uh, uh, both the, you know, the folks that are traditionally it related as well as the line of business folks. And, uh, um, you know, and that's the only way we can really understand what their, what their use case needs to look like, you know, and what their challenges are going to be uh, getting from, from here to there. Um, I would say all of the resources that you just mentioned um, uh, have a hand in this, but we're seeing a little bit of shift in focus towards the software management and the imaging side, um, the Citrix admins, um, and the Google Cloud um, admins. And it may require some reorganization of the resources um, around those folks, and uh, and specifically around Chromebooks themselves, as they will not require nearly as much physical touches um, to manage in the field. Um, the Citrix endpoint manager does all that for the customer. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting effect as well, and and I think um, 
you know, every now and then the idea of like, oh, this this like easier management and cloud, like what does that mean for, for job security? But I think we there's no organization that doesn't have a big list of things that they would like to do if resources were freed up in in one area. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, one point that uh, going back to the discussion around whether this is going to be a Citrix engagement, uh, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong. We're also looking seeing that partners are going to get involved as well, correct? Yes, we do have, um, uh, and we've got a, a pretty good partner ecosystem um, that we use. And um, oftentimes we find where uh, customers, you know, not only want to, uh, they, they, they want to work with their, their local customers. They want the folks that are familiar with their, their business. They want the folks that are familiar with their people, their contacts, um, their friends, so to speak. They see them there all the time. Those are our partners. Um, yeah, but they also oftentimes want the manufacturer, and that would be Citrix and Google in this case, um, to be, you know, um, to have a, some skin in the game as well. And so um, what we see is customers want the best of both worlds. And we've started to work with our, our partners around um, opportunities where um, our partners actually go out and they help us, you know, work with the customer and, and create the opportunity uh, with the customer. Um, then we subcontract back to that partner for at least part of the delivery, um, you know, on the engagement. And it creates a situation where we can share liability and risk with the partner um, to provide the, the customer with the outcomes that they're looking for. And, uh, and the customer, you know, gets, gets, gets the best of both, so to speak, for um, about the same price. And and so that the the customer then it, it, it's clear now that the customer is mostly interacting with uh, with with Citrix throughout this process. Yes, absolutely. So is is there your Citrix consultant will have a direct line to um, whoever they need on the on the Chrome enterprise side to help answer questions and yeah that they'll they'll typically come straight to me and uh, and my colleagues in the field to and and we always uh, when we're most effective. It's when it's like the Citrix team, the partner, and uh, the Google team all collaborating, working together. And again, that's normally part of that longer-term sort of multi-phase transformational project. Yeah, and this and this offering really does create a situation where um, uh, it, it empowers our partners in the field uh, because even though the the customer gets to work with that partner. That partner has a what we treat them just to provide them with all the resources and treat them just like we do one of our uh, employee consultants right. in the field. So they have direct line into escalation and uh, engineering uh, capabilities within both Citrix and within Google. Getting back to where we started, um, having all of these consulting and, and uh, these types of resources behind this idea, um, it's exciting because just by by the fact that uh, that you're here in this room and working together and and uh, doing this sponsored podcast to get the word out and and have thought through all these questions, um, this idea of as I mentioned, we've been thinking for for years, like probably when Citrix first did Citrix Receiver for Chromebook, we saw this and we're like, oh yeah, Chrome OS and and virtualized Windows applications, um, they they go together great. As a a blogger and like part of the the community that that gets excited about all of these new futuristic ways to do end user computing, um, like that's a concept that I've been excited about um, for years. Now, of course, um, like bloggers and like the bleeding edge enthusiasts 
being uh, interested in an idea is one thing, but having this whole partnership and the consulting engagements and all of the assets and materials and processes around it uh, to make it happen along with, okay, customers are much farther along in their um, cloud and SaaS and web uh, strategies than before. Like it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited that we're at the point where this can happen. Yeah, it's me too. And, uh, and, and I have to say, I've actually uh, going back, you know, at the start, I was actually reading things like tech target and brightmadden.com to see what they were thinking. And, and they were, they were also ahead of the curve and seeing, well, this, this is clearly where the industry is going to go because Chrome OS just fits in this really interesting sweet spot. It's, it's, it, it can be compete at a cost level with something like a traditional thin client, but then it allows you this flexibility to use SaaS apps to use virtual apps and it's all in this device that just stays powered forever and auto refreshes and just gets away from the old challenges you had with you know traditional uh, devices and so I've been really excited about that too it's really only been in my mind the last kind of two or three years where I've really seen it hit the elbow with the cur- curve in the enterprise and and so often that has been in this collaboration with Citrix so we're also really excited to see how close the partnership has come we're really excited that we, we this is effectively the first sort of you know joint product or service that we've had together in the sense that like you've had Citrix on Chrome OS but like we've collaborated on on building this uh, on, on building this uh, this asset and this 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 new um, consulting engagement because we were getting feedback from our customers saying this is exactly what we need this is the next this is the next piece in the puzzle tell us how to build a bridge to Citrix on Google Cloud with Chrome OS and the Citrix consulting team, you know, I, Tony was one of the first piece, people I spoke to about it. And he said, we can absolutely do this and I'll tell you how we're going to do it. And that's when we got engaged with their services, understood what they did with Lakeside. So we're also extremely excited about it because we think this is like the next thing to help unlock a lot of customers and allow them to make much more informed decisions and, and have the peace of mind that they're going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 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 two more thoughts uh, before we wrap up, and and the the thing that that um, stuck in my mind is that we've been talking. Um, these could be use cases where you're like ninety five percent web and SaaS apps. You're uh, there in in the Chrome device, and um, maybe the user has you know they're they're just five percent. They use you know an app a couple hours a week or a couple hours a, a month. Or as you mentioned, also some engagements where it's the the Chrome OS device is a thin. It really is a, a thin client, and they're 100% Citrix apps. It could be like either one. I'm 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 making the arm motions yeah. like of a giant uh, gauge that's yes. uh, like Citrix apps and web apps on on each side, and it could be customers that are anywhere. Right. It's it's definitely full spectrum, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I, and it depends on uh, the particular customer. Uh, customer environment. I mean, it's going to be all the way across the board. Like I mentioned before, uh, one critical mission critical app can can make the business case. Yeah, um, we're going to find that most customers have more, obviously, um, that will be that will benefit from it. But um, and and some will have probably more than they want, and we'll have to consolidate for them. But but yeah, it's going to be all the way across the spectrum. All right. So one very last question: uh, Someone listening to this podcast, uh, where do they go to to follow up? And I'm, I'm sure we'll put the links in the in the post online. But uh, landing page or, or what next steps? Yeah. So the next step is to 
ask your Citrix rep and ask your Chrome rep. All you need to do is uh, is kick up the conversation with them and saying, I've heard about this Chrome transformation assessment. Uh, this, I should use the Citrix Chrome transformation assessment is the, is the, uh, is the full name. And, and tell me more about it. And that rep will then we'll make sure we tie in the Google rep into that engagement. It's really better as a one-to-one conversation. We're also going to be providing some assets as well as part of this, uh, a part of the podcast so they can learn more about it through a tech target. Okay. Well, so find your Citrix rep to find out about the Citrix Chrome transformation assessment program. Well, so uh, it's been an hour of talking uh, Citrix and, and Chrome together, and it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, for those of you listening, I'll remind you that uh, this is a special edition of the BrianMadden.com podcast uh, that was sponsored by the Chrome Enterprise team. So thanks for uh, sponsoring. Um, so, uh, Richard, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And uh, Tony, as well, thank you very much for, uh, for representing the, the Citrix side on the show. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you all of, uh, to everybody listening at home or in the car on the way to work or on your workouts or wherever you like to listen to the BrianMadden.com podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening.